Hi, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Sal. I'm on the line right now with my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, the degenerate trifecta, Brother Bry, Harry, and Darren the Parlay Kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's up? What's going on, buddy? Oh, it's a big week. One of the biggest weeks of the of the year for sports gambling. We got uh, hockey playoffs. We just got done with the NCAA tournament. Um, we have baseballs in full swing. And the Masters, we have Joe House coming on from Fairway Rolling. He's going to talk about this, this uh, Masters. The Masters, I think, is like, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament with, like, with 40 Virginias and Dukes. There's just so much, like any one of these players can win. So he's going to break it down for us. He's going to give us, there's like a 90-man field. He'll probably just give us like 70, 75 players who we think could win. But also, <laughs> aside from the degenerate trifecta, Master Tate Frazier, the COO of this podcast, is here. What a trooper. He just landed. LAX drives out here. I don't know. What did you Uber out here, Tate? No, I went home. I, <laughs> yeah, my voice is completely shot. So if it sounds different, uh, it's because it's gone. Uh, I got a taxi home, got my car, drove in. <laughs> nice casual drive. Happy to be back in Los Angeles. Had a fun time in Minnesota, though. You know, you don't sound different. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. I think, I don't know. That's how I, that's how I remember you. I will say this. We had two options here. I said, because... NBA playoff starts, obviously, Saturday, Sunday, right? The last game is Wednesday night of the regular season. We had an option to do a podcast Thursday previewing the playoffs, and then it would have been up for one day. Or we can come in Tuesday like it is now, talk about the NCAA tournament, talk about hockey bets, and preview the Masters. And I said, screw it. Let's do that. I'm going for option B. You want your NBA preview? <laughs> Here's your NBA preview. Uh, the Warriors, Rockets, Celtics, Bucks, and probably Toronto will advance. And then there's three other series that are maybe touch and go. All right, there's my first-round playoff um, analysis. Let's talk NCAA recap. We will actually be talking NBA over-under win totals, how that went, how that shook out. And then we'll talk, like I said, NHL series prices for a round one. These guys are going to give their best bets. and then. But let's first talk NCAA recap. Tate, for as much as you can, unbelievable win for Virginia. Now, you went on. Titus, you guys became Virginia fans. It's a little tougher for you as a North Carolina, as a Tar Heel fan, ACC right in your backyard, more in your face, but you were able to make the switch, huh? Well, it's not even about being a fan. I mean, Mark Titus was very excited because uh, two guys that watch college basketball, you get a lot of backlash. I saw a lot of people before the game saying how boring it was going to be to watch Virginia play in this title game. So it was more for uh, the defectors, uh, the people against the way that Virginia plays basketball. So to see them win and sort of uh, make that happen was nice to see. But I love that Texas Tech team a lot. I think Chris Beer is probably one of the best coaches in college basketball. So watching those two coaches, honestly, was cool to see in person. So that was the main thing. It was just good basketball. And Titus uh, and you guys like like uh, you did the podcast. He, he almost cried. He almost teared. Like, yeah, Titus is Titus is much more. Mo- he's absolutely a fan. He is. <laughs> I think he's going to enroll at UVA when he goes really? to Charlottesville this weekend. Yeah, Bruce so. Bruce Pearl heard your podcast. Is like, wow, what a pussy this Titus is. <laughs> Get it together. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, Parlay kid, I want to ask you something about last night's game. Now, I went back and forth. You could make an argument that in either team, well, not, not Texas Tech, they certainly didn't get lucky for coming in second place. But you could say Virginia got lucky. They got lucky maybe three or four times uh, to be in this spot. But a great story, a rags-to-riches story in that they lost the first round game to Maryland-Baltimore County, sure. round the 64. Um, 
Well, here's what I'll say about Texas Tech. They stayed in it at halftime. I think their starters had six points. They had a lot of bench scoring. Um, that Francis and Edwards, those guys kept them in the game. Does that drive, you're a coach, does that drive a coach crazy? I mean, it must be great that you're getting bench points, but Culver was terrible in the first half, and they were only down by three. Like, what do you, well, how does that change the dynamic at halftime? Yeah, so that was kind of a maddening thing about this game. And in my mind, I really wasn't saying it out loud. I was with Brother Bry and a few other people watching the game. And I just felt like every time in my mind I'm thinking, Virginia is one stop and a score away from putting this game away. Mm-hmm. Like That's how I felt, right? Because you felt like it was going to be low scoring. The baskets were going to be hard to come by, even though it ended up going over. Um, it just seemed like every time Virginia, I thought, was going to put it away, somebody on Texas Tech, maybe somebody you did not expect, boom, is hitting a three mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, uh, downtown with somebody in their face. And you're saying, wow, and as a coach, you, I think Bennett's probably saying, this, this isn't, we can't pull away. And the longer Texas Tech was hanging in there, it just felt like this was going to turn into their game. Yeah. But in the end, you know, Hunter hits a big three. It kind of came back the other way. Yeah. Uh, towards uh, Virginia, and I said this. Uh, this is one thing I think as a coach too. I think when it's when you're up by a point or two with two or three minutes left in the game, I personally think it's easier to play from behind than to hold that one or two point lead. Interesting. Okay, which Texas Tech finally took that lead, but now it's like, all right, how do we play this? Do we do we remain aggressive? Right. Or do we, you know, do we really slow it down like we do all night anyway? Uh, while the other team is now coming full force at you, and, the, and from, so from that perspective, sometimes I think it's easier to coach right. from behind late in the game because you just you, you want your team just to, you know, you're going for it at that point rather than trying to protect such a small lead. So, but so either way, like Tate and Titus have been saying, what a game! I think people were kind of let down about Texas Tech, Virginia. That turned out to be, to me, one of the great final games of all time. You know what sucks about sports gambling? I was thinking about this this morning. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching, and I got all kinds of money everywhere. I have, I myself have a big bet on Virginia on the ACC team to win the championship, or and another bet on a one seed to win the championship. All right, I have that Matt Mooney under 12 and a half points. He had five going into overtime. <laughs> you know, of course, he has to take the last shot of the game. He has 10 points. He takes a three just to give me another heart attack. I'm rooting against Furman, who basically wins the the year on Lock It In if Virginia wins. But I also have Virginia. And then Clay has uh, plus 450 that it that it uh, goes to overtime or some no 10 to one that it goes to overtime plus 450 on Kyle Guy. I'm rooting for 17 different things. And after the game, I'm like just worn. I don't even know how to feel. I have a problem with every possession. And my son Archie's like, Wow, that that was a great game. I was like. Was it really? Oh, yeah, I guess it was. I guess, yeah, yeah, that was a great game. The whole Final Four was great, and the tournament in, in general was great. And I don't know why I feel like I, I think the moral of the story is maybe it's okay, Brother Bry, to take a game off, right? Once in a while, I, I can't imagine it. Well, from we say that we say that, but we never do. No. But what you're explaining is very similar, like during the football season when you're playing fantasy football, right? And you yeah. you have eight million bets, and you have. Three different fantasy football leagues. You have mm-hmm. your favorite teams, and you're like, "Holy shit! I don't even know what I'm rooting for at this point." Right. In time. And that's that's exactly what you were just explaining. Yeah. And Harry, by the way, you also had Virginia plus seven fifty, 
And you had you thought you tried to get cute. You thought you had like a little middle. I think you bought a half a point to get <laughs> Texas Tech plus two. What was your reasoning? I know there is no reasoning, but what was your reasoning behind that? You know what my reasoning was is that uh, no matter what, on Tuesday morning I'll be I'll be in the plus for for the first time, and I don't know how many Mondays, Tuesdays. So I just wanted to be in the plus <laughs> no matter what. Is that all right? What do you think, Tate? <laughs> He's in I the don't plus. know, Harry. That, that was a, you sound like a hedging piece of shit. Listen, listen, I, I can sell a text with about I sell a text with thirty seconds to go, and I think it was tied. And uh, and I said my middle is coming in perfect. I wasn't sure if you were serious. Right back, is it? Question mark. No, no, no. But uh, no, I thought you were serious because Texas Tech was up one. I wasn't serious. I was joking, but I was hoping I would be right. Well, Texas Tech was up one at the time, so uh, that yeah. yeah, plus two would seem like. Yeah, you would maybe get both. Oh, so you need a Virginia. I know. I see what's going. It's it was a lot. Uh, take, well, it was crazy. The whole thing was the whole everything was great. The Purdue game, the Auburn game, uh, yeah. this game for Virginia in the last. But you know what? They got some calls. They definitely had calls down the stretch. But when they it was Tate for a college college basketball guy who loves it. I mean, you have to appreciate that. When they needed to make shots in the last forty seconds of every game, they made all those games. They made all of them. Yeah, when yeah. they were down, they made all of them. 12, 12 for twelve from the free throw line. I mean, that, I, we talked about uh, on the show with Titus and I. I brought up the Mario's miracle. You know, that shot was wasn't a set play. It was him making a heave and it went in. I mean, the play that Der- Jerome made there to go looked like he's going to go for the two and to kick it out to DeAndre Hunter for the three. Uh, I mean, it was beautiful. Great. It was all drawn uh, up. You know, they were giving him the deuce. They yep. gave him the deuce if exactly. they wanted it. Jerome's your boy, yep. Tate, right? He, yeah. play, he plays to win the whole game. Uh, we were talking about the me and the trifecta. It's like, this is the guy, only guy who doesn't sit on the lead when they're up 10 or up t- 8. He's, he's a New Yorker. He's tough. He's a tough New York point guard. You can tell he played yep. it like out in the playgrounds and played up and played pickup against guys that were tough and older than him. I mean, he just has a different kind of mentality, which I think that's one of the knocks on yep. Virginia, but Ty Jerome is, is he's not that kind of kid. So yep. uh, they needed him in crunch time. One more thing. Back, last thing about this game. Now, Tony Bennett deserves all the accolades he won, but how different would the narrative have been if they mm. lost in regulation? It would have been like, you know what? Screw you. You had three leads. You can only hold two of them. You barely yeah. held those. You were lucky. Right, Parley Kid? That would, it's so weird how how it just changes on a dime, right, as far I, as that I, guy's you legacy. Know, we were t- I was saying that to Brian, too, last night. It's like, you know, Hunter hitting that three to tie. Some of the things that happen, they really have nothing to do with coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Yet it changes the narrative towards the coach. Right. So much. It's just a player making a play mm-hmm. or not making a play, which can really make or break a coach. Right, Sal? Right. But the one thing you thought the coaching difference was, what was Jerome who had four fouls, right, in the semifinal game? And you thought, why are they sitting this guy? And I agree with this. With 420 left, I think, they sit him. He had four fouls. They had a 10 point lead. And all of a sudden, that dips to nothing. I mean, your, your theory is leave him in. What do you have to lose, right? You, you, Sal, absolutely. Uh, with that time remaining, you, to me, Jerome was the MVP of the tournament and, and, and of the Final Four, not Kyle Guy. He mm. was their most consistent performer. Uh, yeah, he should have. He never should have, uh, you know, come off the floor at all. Yeah. At all. And, and so, if I could, if I could, can, can I vent here for one other second? Of course, yeah. If, would you allow me to? Please, um, please. T- today, the ringer. And look, I, Titus is a great guy. You know, he's he's <laughs> he's very good looking and and everything. And wow. you know, the ringer posted Harry. something about <laughs> Titus called it. He called. He called Virginia winning. Sal, 
Go back to our November 7th episode, 32-minute mark. The Parlay Kid gives you Virginia at 15-18-1 to 18 to 1 all right. to win the national championship. And I gave all the right reasons. They would play with a chip on their shoulder, and this would be a redemption season. And there they you did go. It. But, right, you know, the ringer wants to – they want to – Pump up Titus, I guess. <laughs> we're predicting him like three days ago. All right, good yeah. job, Titus. I don't, you know, I don't think that's venting. I think that's more just admission you have a crush on Titus with his, <laughs> and his good looks. But uh, we'll take it either way. Tate, really quickly, this is ridiculous to even talk about because we don't really know who's declaring. Although there's more and more day by day. I think Harper declared for Auburn today, but uh, the odds are up for next year. Kentucky and Virginia seven to one. Duke and Michigan State, 8-1, to one, Michigan 12, Gonzaga 14, and your Tar Heels 14. Early on, do you have any feel for any of these? I, I uh, you know, Virginia could lose both those guys, so, you know, they, they could be down to everybody, and, you know, who knows if the referees will uh, react the same way next year. So, I don't know. What, what do you think? We get the test the waters period coming up to see. Uh, I think Diakite will go and test the waters. I think Guy mm-hmm. will go. I think Jerome will go. Right. And then, of course, Hunter will obviously be a lottery pick. So those four right. guys, in my mind, are gone from Virginia. So I don't really include them uh, as far as talking about title for next year. Duke's got uh, Trey Jones coming back, which is a big thing for them. So I think that will bump up their odds a little bit. Kentucky is a weird team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because I don't even know what – what their ceiling is with who they have already and who they're bringing in. Um, I would try to. I, I would guess Duke would be the best bet um, at this point because they have a, a pretty good class coming in. Trey Jones, they have a real point guard coming back. Carolina loses Kobe White. Carolina loses Nazir Little. So mm. I don't necessarily believe in uh, them being able to build something unless Cole Anthony, the son of Greg Anthony, he's the number one point guard in the country, is at Oak Hill right now. There are rumors that he's going to go to North Carolina. So if he comes and is like a Carmelo Anthony type where he can take a team to a title, Carolina has the big men in place with Garrison Brooks and guys coming back, so if Cole Anthony comes, maybe Carolina's a good bet, too. All right. All right. The limited research I did, I, I sort of like Michigan State at 8-1. to one. <laughs> They kind of yep. have everyone coming back. Winston, Langford will be, uh, you know, will be at full strength, hopefully. Uh, Henry, that they're starting. They have all their returning players, like, average, like, 62 points per game, which is pretty much their average, and they got, like, the highest-rated prospect in the state of Michigan mm-hmm. uh, on a Jalen Terry, I think his name is. So, all right. But far too early to discuss that. Now, let's switch gears to the pros. We're, we're very close to these guys playing games that actually mean something. I can't believe it's happened. After all these months, it's going to take place. Let's look at the over-under wins, win projected totals. Uh, Milwaukee was the biggest surprise. Now, this is weird to me because I think we all had Milwaukee over, including a house and Simmons. We had their yeah. over, what is it? What is it, Parlay Kid? It was... Um, it was over 46, well, so, uh, 46 and a half. Depends on where you were looking. Right. It, it, 46 and a half. But I think on the show when I picked them as my best bet, mm-hmm. they were actually 48 and a half. But right. either way, uh, they, they passed that over, you know, a month and a half ago. Yeah. So. 13 and a half uh, more. And why did it, the Vegas just swing and miss is that, that wildly there? Because we, we all thought Giannis was going to be an MVP contender. It was, just, yeah. it was just the East worse. I guess Celtics went way under their total, which helped. Uh, the Bucks right. and teams like that, and you know, uh, but yeah, it's weird that yeah. that was that much better, wasn't it? it absolutely, and, and and you know, Budenholzer is a, a yeah. it was an ex, is an excellent coach, and people that's kind of a well known fact too. So he was joining that team this year. Uh, yeah, very. It seemed like easy money at the time too, and uh, the Bucks did not disappoint. They certainly didn't disappoint. Sacramento, thirteen wins higher uh, with one game left. The Clippers, Parley Kid, while well, I have you here. Currently ten and a half yep. wins higher, 
They are the, the toast of L.A. I, I don't know how they're doing it. They really stuck their foot on the Lakers' throat. The Lakers went the other way, 12 wins lower with one game left. What, what do you make of these two teams? Yeah, it's really been a role reversal out there from what probably everybody thought, right? Yeah. So the Clippers were projected to win about 37 games, which the Lakers have won. And the Lakers were projected to win 49 games, uh, which the Clippers have practically won. So a little bit of a role reversal. Meanwhile, the Clippers have pretty much over the last two years traded any good good player that you, you heard of on their team. Uh, their leading scorer is uh, Danilo Gallinari, who yeah. I was a big fan of with the Knicks, but if, I feel like he's been off the Knicks for like, you know, uh, decades now, even though he's only 30 years old. He was also uh, injured. He, that he, is. he missed a bunch of weeks for the Clippers, too, I think. And he, right, they yeah. have guys that are injured all the time. So maybe the key was Doc Rivers trading his own son. Yeah, maybe. maybe. that was the key to this whole thing about a yeah, year ago. You, right. know? you know what? That's something you might want to consider with the, the high school, you know, <laughs> everything's going on. It might just make things easier. Uh, Brother Bry, Orlando was a big one for another one. They're 10 wins higher uh, with one game left. They were, where am I here? They were 31. Schedule, uh, for 31, they won 41. That was a division nobody wanted to win. It was disgusting. I had Charlotte. Tate, I don't know if you remember. Oh, Simmons man. is trying to convince us to take Charlotte. I actually took Charlotte. And then like a month later, he's like, nah, the Heat are going to win this division. I was like, great. <laughs> and I had Charlotte. I think like it's 16-1. to 1. Um, And then they gave up, although they're now coming back. I think they won three in a row trying to get that eight spot. Um and uh, Miami's nowhere to be found. And Brother Bry, Orlando, what, what were they to win the division? Yeah, I, they were 28-1 to 1 to win the Southeast, mm-hmm. uh, right like oh. the day before the season started, which is nuts for a division winner, especially because we knew going in that division wasn't great. I mean, we thought it would maybe be okay. But I'm still shocked at what the Magic did, uh, even if it's the worst division in sports. Like, who do they have? They have, they have Vucevic. He had a nice season. I know it's like a positionless basketball at this point in time, but who are their guards? I mean, Augustine is still their point guard. Aaron Gordon hasn't made a leap. But I guess when you look at their stats, uh, they're they're top 12 in three-pointers made and three-point field goal percentage, and they're they're good defending the three. So I guess that's all you need to do in the NBA nowadays. Just If you can shoot the three and defend the three, you're going to be okay. But if you look at their roster, you look at their stats even, it's like, I still can't believe it. And they're blowing teams, you know, they're scoring 150 some nights. It's amazing. Yeah. Tate says Terrence Ross was yeah, the Fournier and Ross. I mean, those are the two guys that can shoot the ball really well. If they get yep. going. Yeah. Uh Harry, you are you told me you want to talk about the Nets. Did you have their over? Their over was 32 and a half. They're at 41 right now. Uh, you know, I just think that's very impressive. They're a very consistent team. Uh the four games over 500 at home, three games under 500 on the road. That's pretty good for the division that they're in. Uh D'Angelo Russell has played Every game this year, getting 21-7 the game, sticking it to Magic Johnson, that's always pretty good. Uh, this team has solid players. I think at $1.6 million a year, what a steal Spencer Dinwiddie is. Uh, he's getting like 17 a game off the bench. I think this team could be dangerous in the playoffs. It's funny. I just talked to someone who said Sixers. It's so messed up now in the East. I think we know the 4-5 is uh, Celtics Pacers. We know... It's probably net sixers, right? I think right now it's net sixers, but that's six, seven, eight, nine. It's all moving around, but that that'll be a fun first yeah. round, I think. Uh, all right, what else? Do, oh, I want to talk about the Cavaliers real quick. They were thirty-one and a half. They're at nineteen. Tate, does LeBron deserve retroactive credit 
that they could, Cleveland even couldn't even get to 20. Maybe they'll get to 20 games tonight or tomorrow. Actually, tonight they play Charlotte. I don't know. I mean, I guess so. Why not? I mean, <laughs> that's he, all right. You he, don't have to give it. He deserves something, right? Let's give him some credit for Cleveland. Well, that's what he. That's what I would say if I were him. I'm like, hey, yeah, sure. The Lakers were 12 games under their projected win total, but so were the Cavs. So hey, I, they're better than the Knicks. That's right. I, that's uh, exactly. What about those Knicks? What What were they? And they're 16 and 16. I mean, they almost half their total. That would have been interesting. 30 yep. and a half. Sorry, Parlay Kid. But listen, you got to feel better about the Knicks than you did to. I mean, if you didn't hold on to uh, Porzingis, now we're finding out not such a great guy. Good things might be happening. You have to feel like uh, for years it's been like, oh, the Knicks are going to get a big name. But if it doesn't happen this year, for God's sakes, right? This has got to be yeah. the biggest it's, letdown of all. It's. It's it's over for the Knicks. They they desperately need Durant, another and another free agent, and Zion. Or it's it's uh, the Knicks fans are are so banking on this happening that if it doesn't happen, right? Oh boy, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a rough rough few uh, next few years for them, no yeah. doubt. All right. Well, it'll pick. I, I do think it's gonna it's gonna come together from all the uh, insider tips. I know some very important people, yep. but uh, um, what else was there? Something else we wanted to talk about this? I think that was it. But uh, oh, also Washington Wizards. Well, I'll, we'll talk about this with House. But currently, twelve and a half wins lower than their expected win. It seems like everybody we root for is just just bad. Tate. Your your Hornets need to make a move tonight. Oh yeah, I, th- I think uh, if they don't make the playoffs, I think it's pretty sure that, uh, or from what I've heard from the people, important people I know, that Kemba's going to leave. So, um, yeah, Kemba thirty five a game in uh, April. He sure is playing like he's he, trying. Yeah, yeah, he's doing his best as always. Carries uh, that team. Let's switch to the NHL. Playoff start all Wednesday. Right. Parlay kids excited. I know all these guys are excited. They have bets all oh, over the baby. place. Uh, Parlay Kid, start us off. What's, we're each going to pick a series, talk about which one we like. Yeah. Um, a lot of these are very close. I, I think, you know, basketball, we brought it up on Lock It In today. Basketball yep. is the only real sport where the eighth seed doesn't have a chance. Obviously, there's been Denver, Seattle. Yep. There, there's been examples of uh, what I'm saying is incorrect. But you're not going to see a 64-seed team win the championship. You're probably, sister Jean aside, it's just not going to happen. Uh Baseball, make a playoffs flip of a coin. Um, basketball's different. So, and hockey, I feel, is the same as baseball. You get to the playoffs, home ice means even less than any home uh, field advantage in any sport. So, yeah. Parley Kid, that said, the Islanders, I think you like them. They yeah. do have home ice over the Penguins. One of two teams that have home ice uh, advantage and are an underdog against the Penguins, but you're going with your team. Yeah, so, and look, it's a little bit of a homer pick here. Um, a huge Islander fan, uh, as his brother Bry, as are my kids, and you know everybody here on the island. Really, it's uh, Islander fever here right now. And um, you know, you Sal, look, you grew up, uh, you know, down the street from a sure. lot of Islanders. So, uh, you know, you still got a little bit of that uh, uh, that in your blood too. So, yeah. uh, I know you're going to be following this too. So, yeah, they, so they're plus one twenty-five to win the series against the Penguins, right? So. Uh, and we've just you just mentioned it is true about the home ice not meaning something. But however, Sal, Islander fans have been dying for this. Okay, uh, the Coliseum, Sal, which holds the least amount of spectators mm-hmm. in hockey, holds about a little over thirteen thousand. Sal, but it is going to be the loudest building in these hockey playoffs. Sal, you know 
the Islanders only have one round in this Coliseum, too. Mm-hmm. If they get to the second round, they're back to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, right. which is a complete disaster. But while they got the playoffs here on the island in the Coliseum, so the Islanders have been winning playoff-style games all year. They've been grinding out wins, mm-hmm. great defense, great goaltending. So when do you ever see a team go from the most goals given up to the least goals given up in one season? Truly remarkable accomplishment. Uh, Robin Leonard okay, and, and Thomas Grice have been fantastic this year. And uh, Sal, as I, said, uh, as I tweeted out the other day, Trotz has made all the difference. What a great coach. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness we have him. This team is going to eke out this series in seven games. They'll bring that seventh game back to the Coliseum. That place will go bananas. It will propel the Islanders to win this series. Take them at plus 125. All right, I hope you're right. Let's. Uh, I'm going to put money on that, too, just just to pique my excitement. It's going to be fun. Island, a long run for the Islanders. Good for the podcast. Good for us. Uh, Harry. No doubt. What do you take? Harry, you're going like the, the biggest favorite, I think, on the board, right? Going with the biggest favorite. I'm taking the Flames at minus 200 versus Colorado. But, uh, you know, I think two, minus 200 is pretty good value. Great value. For a number one seed, right? I'm mean, Flames are 3-0 and versus the Avs in the regular season. Scored 14 goals in those games. They had 50 wins and had the best goal differential in the Western Conference. The next closest was the Jets and the Sharks, and it was a 34-goal differential. That's enormous. They had the second-most goals in the league. Calgary has probably the best player in the league under 160 pounds, Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, he led the Flames with 99 <laughs> points, and Calgary is solid on offense all over. They had five players, five players with 74 points or more. Give me the Flames in five, baby. Flames on fire. Why? <laughs> Why do you care about how much Johnny Gaudreau weighs? Did Johnny Gaudreau go to the vet with you and jump on the dog scout? Pounds, he puts up 99 points. All right, Jeez, that's amazing. Okay, I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow. All right, uh, I mean, the Parley kid's gonna be 157 pounds pretty soon. Right, I Parley know, kid? yeah, I'm getting there. Hopefully, you're as enthusiastic about him. All right, brother Bry, which series do you like? Well, let, yeah, let me first say, I, I the only thing I, I know Harry's going with the flames there, but I think the West. While also being weak, I, I do think there's going to be one, uh, one if not two upsets in the West. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like anyone can win, and I think the only thing is the Avs are coming in pretty hot into that series too. So, true. I, I could definitely see any. I, I don't know if I would lay minus two hundred in the West. Right, they really had know. to work hard to get that AC. They had to work hard this last week and a half. Yeah, I know they might just be happy to get there. But how much uh, weight did know. they lose, Harry, to get the eight seed? <laughs> That's how well, I handicap. That's how do, I handicap. Do you guys hate the? <laughs> do you guys hate the playoff seating? Like, I, that's the only thing yeah. I really hate it because right now the Islanders really should be playing the Maple Leafs, and that would be yeah. If, if oh, it was back how you great know, years and years yeah. ago. I mean, for the NHL to have like the Islanders versus the Vars, that would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I kind of hate this, you know, playing within the division thing. But right. uh, anyway, so my NHL bid, I'm going to go with Boston over Toronto minus one forty-five. Look, aside from the Lightning. Boston's been the second-best team all year in hockey. They went 3-1 and one against Toronto this year. They beat them in the first round last year. Toronto really hasn't played well. I know Harry had a bet with Toronto to make the playoffs, but they've, really, they've struggled since December. They're 2-6 and six in their last eight. Since December 29th, they're 20-24. and 24. I mean, that's including overtime wins and losses. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of a bad sign heading into the playoffs. I just also don't think Toronto in general is – they're a pretty soft team – 
where yeah. the Bruins are just a very physical team. You know, Bruins Bruins can kind of play any style of hockey. Uh, they gave out the fourth least amount of goals in the NHL. So this pick may be like a spite for John Tavares here, but I, I think minus 145 is pretty good there. Yeah, and like you said, I think I think the Bruins were 22-7-4 and four or something to end the season. Uh, Pasternak's healthy. You said they, were three, they won three out of four against yep. the Maple Leafs. And worst of all, First of all, they're from Boston, and combined with that, Furman had Todd Furman of Lockett and has them to win the East. So, good night. I, I can't even imagine a luckier charm than Todd Furman and uh, and the Boston, uh, the city of Boston, having a hockey representative. So that's a good bet, brother. Brian, you struggled. I'm going to give you one here. You struggled. You had Winnipeg to win the Central, and they were looking good for a while, and it came down to the last day, and Nashville was down two and came back and won. Otherwise, you would have won that bet. I'm taking Winnipeg plus 110 over St. Louis, who was also in that race. Um, they battle for first and central. This is the other home team that's an underdog. Uh, they're going in different directions. Blues ended up well. Winnipeg was on a little bit of a slide. Patrick Liney, one goal in 19 games, nothing to brag about. But I think that Connor Hellebuck, Vezina runner-up last year, uh, he's going to shut down St. Louis, especially at home. They're a quicker team. Take Winnipeg plus one ten. All right. Now I know you guys. You guys can talk hockey for hours, but let's let's move on to Sharp Tank. Now we went two out of three on our hundredth episode. Parlay kid, I went with uh, you with Virginia minus five, and I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember what game it was. They were covering, and then they weren't covering, right? Uh, but, no, so I think you took you took. Oh, mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, right. I, yeah. I keep saying yeah. it. Why can't I remember yeah. this? My reasoning was ridiculous because we had a chance to buy a ticket from PropSwap uh, for Texas Tech. Right, that's it. Thank God we didn't because I would have I would have ended up losing and not hedged and any any of that good stuff. But uh, brother Bry, you won with Texas Tech plus two. Who was against Gonzaga? Plus three. Uh, Texas Tech plus three. Yeah, I've gotten actually three best bets right. I got all my um, NCAA tournament oh, yeah. best bets right. It wasn't Gonzaga. What I'm talking, it was Michigan State. Right. We we had gotten into the Final Four. Right. I can't remember. Wait, yeah, what was that? It, it was, was against, final. It was final. Four it was against four. Michigan State, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah you had plus, uh, Texas Tech plus three. That was nice. Harry, you won. Who did you have? You had the under I, in that I had game, Texas right? Texas Tech, Michigan State, under one thirty-two and a half. Piece of cake. Right. By the way, the, by the way, over. Not to. That's nothing to do with Harry. That, that that game last night went over by forty-four points. Is that insane? Mm-hmm. One of the lowest unders of all time, and it was well over even before the uh, overtime. And then, Parley kid, you're the one. You had Virginia. Minus five, right? Minus five and a half. So, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We're uh, gonna get and it back. Yeah, they uh, uh, I, I thought at one point I, again, I they just can't seem to pull away from teams. So, in retrospect, that uh, that minus five and a half over Auburn, I guess, was uh, a little bit silly. But I think at one point it was a ten point lead, kind of late in the game, and. Well, like you said, very that, that was the one where Jerome, they had to sit Jerome with four minutes left, changed the momentum. And that yeah, was, that's that, true. That was, right. that, 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 was, that was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, like, like, who tight, cares? You know? Who cares if he fouls out with two minutes left? You, you're changing the momentum. It's a big downer to take the best player out, and it gives the, the yeah. false hope for the other team. Whatever. We can complain all we want. Anyway, yep. this is Sharp Tank. I'm considering this a new season. 100th episode on. We were 2-1. and one. Let's get some wins. I'm 1-0 jumping on with uh, you guys. So, Parley Kid, start us off. What's your best bet this weekend? Okay, so it's a big weekend this weekend. Uh, I think the other guys here are going to take a little golf. Um, I'm going to stick with MMA, Sal. So, mm-hmm. And I know you're not a big fan 
of what I'm going to go with here because uh. <laughs> we're going to be taking two, you know, we're going to be doing a parlay. Minus 160, uh, minus 140. I'm, 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 I run hot and cold with MMA, Sal. You know, you know a lot of these things, but yep. I do feel very confident in this one, Sal. Let's first start off with minus 170, Adesanya over Gastelum. Uh, Sal, if you've seen these two stand next to each other, and I'm not kidding, it would be like Brian fighting Harry. Right? That's kind of like the two builds on, on these guys. Right. Brian, I'd kill him. It's literally like a 6'4 fighter against like a 5-foot fighter here, Sal. Or he cheat like That's he what this is like. <laughs> Harry, let him get through this. Or, or would he cheat like he does in tennis? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so Adesanya, uh, he's passed every test the uh, UFC has thrown at him so far. I think this fight's going to go to the distance. I could see him winning about four out of the five rounds. He's going to just pepper Gastelum from a distance, and he'll just outclass him on his feet. So that's the first part of this probably at minus 170. And then, Sal, hold on to your hat for this fight, right? <laughs> Holloway versus Poirier. Yeah. Right? This is, and what a fight this is going, this could turn out to be. But Holloway, to me, Sal, he's just in another class. Mm-hmm. Okay, This has the potential to be just a really exciting fight. But Holloway right now is one of the top five fighters in the world, pound for pound. Maybe he might even be the best right now. He did lose to Poirier in his first UFC fight. But both guys have really evolved since then. Poirier's on a nice winning streak himself. But, Sal, Holloway is just a tremendous striker. He works the body like nobody else, mm-hmm. like nobody else. He's just going to wear him down. Sal, right now, if I could find odds for him to knock him out or KO him here in this fight, which I don't think this fight's going the distance. I think Holloway will knock him out. But right now, I, I, because there's no odds up for that yet, I'm just taking him to win at minus 230. So okay. if you parlay that 230 and 170 together, Adesanya and Holloway, it's plus 128 for those two fighters. All right. But at Sonya, I watch it. He reminds me like, uh, remember Bloodsport years back, those movies? Like the, yeah, the, the, yeah the, he's got... The crazy fighters would just hop, or hop around. The, uh, the last air style bender. So I don't know. He, he's just, yeah, he's got, a, he's got yeah. some funk to him. He's and um, he's an interesting character. Cool. I, I don't... I think the UFC wants him to win this fight too. I, 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 I definitely think they don't want him. Yeah. Brother Brian, Poirier beat the guy you love. The guy you said is uh, from a couple weeks ago won a big fight. Just Justin. Yeah, he beat Casey. Yeah, that yeah, was that's... another. Yeah, that was another exciting oh. fight. But, right. uh, yeah, Poirier is uh, awesome to watch. But I, I do kind of, I agree with Darren. I, I like Holloway by stoppage. He just got those quick. I mean, he doesn't even extend his. Like he just keeps his arms out there and he just mm-hmm. like taps you. But they're just really hard, quick they punches. Go all right. day long too, right, Brian? I mean, yeah. he's got the motor like nobody else. I mean, all unbelievable. Right. Brother Bry, start your motor. Who do you who do you like for best bet? All right, uh, yeah, I'm looking to stay hot here. Like I said, uh, I've gotten the last three in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna go with Harry's boy Paul Casey at minus 105 to finish in the top 20. Look, he finished sixth in 2015 at the Masters. Fourth in 2016, sixth in 2017, and fifteenth in 2018. Mm-hmm. Look, if this was any other person other than named Paul Casey, mm-hmm. I think you'd be looking at like minus 200, right? I mean, he has better credentials here than almost anyone. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you look also what he's done, you'd think, all right, well, maybe minus 105, maybe he hasn't been playing well lately. No, look, just two weeks ago he won the Valspar Championship. He's finished in the top three in three of his last five tournaments. So with that and the experience, like I said, I think minus 105 is a steal for the top 20. I was expecting it to be more like minus 150, minus 175. And I'd much rather have Casey, I think, in the top 20 than any of the top guys in the top 10. I, I think that's just, uh, there's way too much value there. Okay. All right, good. Harry, your best bet. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Masters as well, and I'm going to go off board with a little bit of prop here action uh, with Tiger at now, opened at minus 115, but today is now at minus 125 to record an eagle at some point during the Masters. Look, the four-time master champ has typically, over his career at Augusta, dominated, dominated the par fives. Last year on Sunday's round at the Masters, he set himself up uh, for many eagle chances with beautiful drives and second shots. He went five under on par fives alone that, during that round and got an eagle on 15. And since then, he's playing much better now than he was then. And I'll give you a couple other examples. In 97, when he won, he eagled 15 in his opening round. In 2007, he, fin- he finished tied for second, had another one. In 2010, he finished tied for fourth. And in his opening round of 68, he had eagles on par fives, eight and 15 holes. With him playing his best golf in years, the 12th-ranked player in the world has my vote for at least one eagle at minus 125 this week. All right. Oh, listen, I, I'm anti-Tiger here. I, I can't believe his odds. They're Conor McGregor-esque against, uh, against Mayweather, I would say. They really are. Like, for him, if you talk about a, a, a golfer named something other than Paul Casey, if you do the Player X comparison to Tiger Woods, you would have Player X over Tiger Woods almost every time. Like He's not even having a good year this year. He can't sniff the top ten. As far as an eagle, maybe you're right, Harry. There's going to be those par fives where he reaches the green in two shots. But I'm staying away from that. Um, I like Rose over Tiger. Brian, this Paul Casey thing is good. You know what? Parlay kid, I'm going with you. There's going to be enough uh, Masters going on. I'm going with you, Adesanya, and Holloway, two-team parlay, plus 128. We're gonna get you. We're gonna be in the winner's circle together. I think. I actually like all three all right. bets. Tate, you don't care about any of these, right? I think. Well, I no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be with the. I'm gonna be watching the Masters all weekend. I'll be betting the Masters, but it's so it's so hard nowadays with these yeah. guys. I mean, I want to bet on you know with some sort of long shot like Kepka. I like Kepka a lot. Yeah. I could see that happening, but I don't know. I, 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 yep. It's lost its luster without Tiger actually being in, uh, you know, consideration to really. Make oh, for, move on from Tiger. There's a lot of great <laughs> I can't young get golfers. Over it. I can't There's get so over So many it. good golfers Spieth, out there. Spieth has let me down. Hey, hey Sal, could, <laughs> yeah. could we all agree that? None of us are going to take McElroy to win, though. No. God well, no. I think this is like the first time he kind of deserves to be fair. He's had he's had a good year, but um, yeah, I know he he just kills I know. us. You see, he Sal, does. You, kills you see his odds, McElroy? Do you guys see McElroy's is it odds seven? to make the cut? Oh, what is it? Yeah, to make the cut. Minus no, four thousand. Like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> no, no, it isn't. I've seen four thousand. No, that's not true. What are you talking about? Wait, that can't be right, can I? Four thousand. You know what that is yeah, when you say four thousand? Usually, it'd be like minus twelve hundred, right, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That that's crazy. I mean, Tiger hasn't missed a cut, and he's not even that much, and everybody loves it. He's like minus nine ten. I'm gonna have to look minus at that. 800. I'm gonna have to look. I, I don't see these right yeah. now, but all right. 
We'll find that. All right, Harry just threw us for a loop. But Parlay Kid, I'm taking your pick. What, what, what can you tell us, Parlay Kid? You're at the Chalk Talker, right? At the Chalk Talker, Sal. I'll give you a little, uh, you know, my kids are playing lacrosse right now. John Glenn Lacrosse is uh-huh. playing some pretty good uh, lacrosse. So we, you know, we had a good football season, a really nice basketball season, and they're surprising people in lacrosse. Nice. Uh, my, my son Kyle's playing well, and his uh, best buddy, uh, Justin Tiernan, is uh the leading point scorer in Suffolk County. So wow. uh, they got a, a nice little thing going, and um, I think they're about to go on a little bit of a winning streak right now. Beautiful. So, uh, Beautiful. It's been a lot of fun. All and right. so Kyle will be attending the University of Rochester. Oh, nice. Uh, playing, some football, uh, playing some football in uh, upstate New York, excellent academic school. I'm curious if we have any uh, University of Rochester listeners on this pod. So yeah. if uh, we do, hit me up at the Chalk Talker. But, uh, let me know. University of Rochester, that's right. great. Good for you. Oh, you see, you, the, the right. oldest son has to freeze. Rochester's not as bad uh, weather-wise. It'll, it'll be, it's close, it'll be able to... but uh, yeah. it's actually <laughs> warmer, <laughs> warmer in Rochester than on Long Island today. No, it wasn't I really? That much. See, yeah, well, you, could, you could definitely yeah, yeah. see who yep. Parley Kid likes most in his family. All right, I like that. Brother Bry, <laughs> where are you at? I'm at the Brother Bry. Yep, uh, yeah, Darren and I next year are going to be, you know, now we're going to have to travel up for these football games in this cold weather in like October, mm-hmm. November. Good. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, what's going on? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I'm betting everything at this point in time. I was all over. I mean, I think I I have to, do I bet more on women's sports than anybody in the world? I, I think I do at this point in time. I, <laughs> I, I was think all you over do. the final four. I was all over the final four. I was all over Notre Dame getting three mm-hmm. against uh Baylor in the finals, which was great. Uh, down seventeen, they came back and uh, covered for me. Yeah, um, it's about yeah. That's uh, that's about it. I'm I'm looking forward. To, you know, I've had uh, girls softball on a little bit. So I'm getting prepped for uh, getting prepped for the <laughs> Sp- World Series in like uh, two months. Speaking so. of Brian, you, I, and, and you met her, my wardrobe gal, uh, Bridget Washington, was all American at Texas. I said you have to watch these softball games. We sat and watched. Look today, I said here's the schedule. This plays out at the end of May. I think the t- the uh, playoffs start in the beginning of May. So you have to. I think UCLA oh, yeah. is undefeated. I think they have the best team in the country right now. But uh, and so she's on the mission. She's going to give us uh, some tips for that. And now, yeah, right. she told it. Yeah, when I was out there in December, she right. said she was going to help us out a little bit. Well, let's see. Yeah, I, I gave her some incentive. So here we go. Uh, Harry, what are you going to be doing? You're going to be watching the Masters. Harry's coming to babysit yeah, for me in a couple I'm of weeks. Yeah, I'm at AAO. Harry, uh, I'll be mm-hmm. watching the Masters plenty this weekend. Uh, we had a good time on Friday. We were at uh, we we're in Vegas again. Jimmy Kimmel Live was excellent. Yeah. Fun time. Went and played afterwards. You know, I got uh, what I do. I'm going to be on Fairway Rolling again this week with Joe right. House, uh, discussing uh, a little more golf and Masters and stuff, and uh, send you and him a. Uh, a picture of uh, appropriate that I lost seven hundred dollars at roulette without a payback, and the guy's name who was the dealer was T. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you. Nice. Where do you couldn't get seven hundred dollars? Couldn't, couldn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was in Vegas for eight so, days. But yeah, it'll be plenty of masters this weekend. Hopefully, it's uh, very enjoyable. It's close, and uh, I don't think I could. Harry, you were in and out. You lived there for many years, but you were in and out for two days. I don't think I could do eight days ever again in Vegas. That was insane. Just, not even yeah. like I was out till four in the morning, but just the the smoke in the casino. Can they have a smokeless casino? Like eight days. Tate, yeah. I sounded like you on Sunday. Yeah, I, I didn't have a voice. I don't like, know how you did it. After yeah. about four days, it feels like you got to get out of there. Yeah, and you know what? Not one yeah. hand of blackjack. 
I'm not oh. even kidding. Not one. Yeah, you didn't, right? I played, po- I played poker wow. a little. I just got my dick kicked in so many times playing blackjack. I'm like, you know, I don't want to play. I don't want to sit and play here. So it's good. There was enough <laughs> unlike sports. Unlike your wife, though. She was. Oh yeah. Well, she lost her. She got her dick kicked in. <laughs> I loved. I loved walking in. I saw her playing by yeah. herself at a blackjack table. That was great. There you go. Loved it. Uh, Tate, one shining. We're done, or you have one more? You we, should do one more. We got one more show. We got the Duffies, the annual award show where we give out uh, our award for the season. We're going to record that on Thursday. Got some special guests coming on that, which will be fun. And then, uh, yeah, and then Friday I'm going to Vegas. So I'll be in <laughs> Vegas this weekend. <laughs> what the hell? It doesn't end. You guys did a great job. Thanks to you and Titus. What a yep. Keep we, it going. It was a fun tournament. Uh, I know a lot of people were bummed that there weren't too many upsets, but really those last couple weekends were uh Phenomenal. There's a lot of people that text me during games. My favorite thing is reading what you guys are talking about. So I appreciate you guys keeping me up to date. There you go. There you go. All (laughs) right. Well, Tate's going to go get a lodging, and uh, we're going to come right back with Joe House and some Masters picks. Stay tuned. Hey, listeners, do you miss when sports networks covered news and highlights without the yelling and fake debates? I know I do. That's why I watch CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24-hour sports network that's built for fans like you and me. I love that I can get tons of highlights, analysis, and instant game reactions, everything that matters about the game, without diving into political and social issues like on other sports networks. And if you enjoy placing some bets or competing against your friends in a fantasy league, their experts are always dishing out their top picks and advice to help me win. So check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on and always free. No need to pay a subscription fee or have an expensive cable package. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone. Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. Also, Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10,000 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you could trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you could start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood, giving listeners of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at CousinSal.RobinHood.com. All right, we're back on Against All Odds. Cousin Sal, but more importantly, my man, my soulmate, basically. You know him from House of Carbs, Culinary Hit Podcast. Uh, You know him, Fairway Rolling, where he's going to talk lots of masters this week. Lots. Did it before. He's going to do it tomorrow. It's all over. And he's going to be on right now. Joe House. What's happening, Joe? Cousin Sal, my belly mate. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're alive. You just spent a ridiculous amount of time in Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was thinking about you. I think about you a lot. But when we're in Las Vegas. Thank you. Las Vegas. First of all, we, we both uh, uh, have gambling addictions. God bless us. And, um, and now Vegas has... The best restaurants in the world. 
It just does. It just has every city's best restaurant. Uh, and I went to like three of them and I was thinking, we have to just move out here already. If we're in for all the smoke, if they can figure out that smoky part of the casino, I would be there. Why wouldn't we get a place out there? What's stopping us, House? Well, I, I like the idea of getting a place. I'm I'm worried about our longevity. Yeah. Like, I don't, how do you live there with a loved one? I, I don't even know what the strategy is. It is always a place that I am happy to go to <laughs> to experience one side of me. It's a real exploration of one portion of Joe House. It's not the full Joe House picture. I got gotcha. But the belly portion gets satisfied. The gambling portion gets satisfied. Some parts get satisfied on a trip to Vegas, Cousin <laughs> Sal. I know. I'm not going to mention other parts. But, you, you know, that's that's just one one piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I don't know how you could live there. You know what I mean? No, I know. I don't know how you still have a loved one. I, I know that's true. That's <laughs> amazing. But, um, no, I was thinking that, too. And I used to be a buffet freak. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go to these crappy buffets and eat as much as I want. That's not the that's not the thing anymore. You can get the best in the world. Our buddy David Chang has a place. And I went to Monoramas, which is terrific. And there's just, I, I don't know, every time there's like three new places. Vetri, have you been to Vetri? place uh i mean vetri's legendary the philadelphia yeah. uh, place with the pizza you had a pizza place here in dc i haven't been to the vetri's in vegas but i've been to the one in philly it's spectacular it's the best that's the best uh, we got to stop talking about this because i'm gonna i'm gonna break out in sweats here but um well, it's dinner time i'm hungry oh that's true it is dinner time by you let's really quick before we jump into the golf uh nba regular season ends here you did pretty well i'm looking at your prop bets um you know, we were guided by the sportsist guy Simmons. He uh, he led us into a, a pile up with the Celtics over. You know, you didn't jump on that Celtics over bet uh, for win totals, but you did. I didn't believe in it. But you got winners: Gordon Haywood under eighteen and a half, Ben Simmons triple doubles as a winner, Giannis over twenty six and a half, uh, Cavs over. Okay, that wasn't that wasn't necessarily good. Yeah, Knicks that under. That was my best. That yeah, was Knicks under was a good one. Knicks under is good. Uh, Nuggets over was a, a winner, right? 50, 47 after yeah. 53. The thing that busted you, you had uh, a playoff parlay. All these teams will make the playoffs. Nuggets, uh, Jazz, Thunder, Pacers, Bucks, Raptors, Wizards. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> well, I think that thing also had Lakers. Oh, I'm in sorry. There, yes, it, it? Did, it did have the Lakers too. <laughs> they, well, yeah, they made I the mean... what? They didn't make you tell me the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, your poor Wizards, they were one of the biggest flops in terms of – so their over on there was 44 and a half. They, they have 32 as of tonight. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> what do you do? I not, not, Nothing. It, you just said it. What the hell? It did produce one silver lining. The, the GM for life finally got fired. Right. And I remain completely discombobulated. I don't know what to expect. I, I, I haven't had – a uh, competent general manager with a with a meaningful draft pick in yeah. you know uh, a third of my life. Right. So it, it's going to be very interesting and exciting uh, yeah. come draft night to see what we're capable of. Uh, and if there ever was a division for the taking, that Southeast was it really? It was like uh, it was like the, like the grand prize was herpes. Nobody wanted that division. I think Orlando's going to eventually take it here. But for God's sakes, like, the Wizards were actually hanging around up until last week, and now that they 
when they were officially out of it, they couldn't even figure out how to tank. They'd beat the Bulls last week, and I don't know. It goes on and on. Well, but. Sp- speaking of herpes, we should have known, <laughs> and people, everybody tried to tell me. In fact, we were all together in Las Vegas for for summer league, mm-hmm. July of last year. We did a uh, we sat on a stage and gave out some early thoughts, and I asked everybody we came in contact with how Dwight Howard would do. And mm. what, what kind of impact he might have on the team. I was trying to come up with a glass half full and, and to a, a man. Every NBA, we had the general manager from the Houston Rockets there. We had mm. uh, Barala Balbalgaris out there. Not one person had one nice thing to say about Dwight Howard. So I should have known the jig was up at that moment. Yeah, you know, yeah, everyone turned on him. Nor- normally very, very supportive of Dwight Howard. Oh, no, what, no. <laughs> Throughout the many, many, many years, it's been like this. All right, well, yeah. let me ask you this. Now, Masters Week, is this... Is this number one for you? I was trying to think Thanksgiving. I know you love football. I know you love your Redskins, who are often featured on Thanksgiving. Is yes. Thanksgiving week your number one sports week, or is this Masters? Is this number one? And, and like they thought they added to it, actually. Thanksgiving last week featured Phil versus Tiger in the one on one matchup. So, what, what am I off base in saying this tops Thanksgiving? This does top Thanksgiving, mm. and it tops Thanksgiving for this reason. This portends the beginning of mm. several months of warm weather. Yeah. So for for me, as I think about uh, where the Masters is on the on the calendar and what I associate that with, is is many months of of glorious golf. It is also it coincides with the onset of the NHL playoffs. It coincides with the onset of the NBA playoffs. It comes right on the heels of the close of March Madness. Oh, yeah, you're right. And, and there's spring is in the air. You know, everybody on the East Coast has been locked up, bundled up. Er, everything's coming out. You know, uh, uh, the I won't talk about what we're seeing out on the streets in terms of what the young ladies are wearing. Right. But, you know, uh, everybody's ready to get out, just bust loose. The cherry blossoms are on the trees here in Washington, D.C. So for me, this is number one, and the Masters is my favorite of all the four majors because of what it means in terms of of all of the possibility we have in front of us it's just glorious i love it and add to it you got a little strasburg versus harper tonight right it's, it's just a nice little bonus somebody's right? gonna hit somebody i don't know who. <laughs> homer is plus 325 i stayed away but all right so you'll hear more about this on fairway roll and you'll have a much much more in-depth analysis but I'm, I'm gonna bother you just for a winner a uh, medium range and a long shot pick. Now, by the way, I floated this by. This is how much Joe House knows. I said, I said, House, I like under 63 for the, uh, I'm sorry, over 63. Best round will be over 63. I don't see nine under on this course um, as the best round. I think it's going to be less than that. And and you well, you fired right back with it. What do you, you, you mentioned rain, but rain is a uh, mitigating factor in the score, you're saying. Yeah, so I, I was concerned. You were trying to build a, a, a delightful uh, parlay card, mm-hmm. and you said which one of these elements might fail, and you had in there uh, the 63 or better um, scoring prop, and I, I just wanted you to tap the brakes a little bit because the forecast, they've already had an inch and a half of rain in Augusta, Georgia, mm-hmm. and the the uh, if there isn't wind – and the course um, remains soft. The quality of, of of player and the familiarity with this place, the the scoring for especially the longer hitters like Rory, DJ, John Rahm, 
Those guys will be fiery. All of them can reach all the par fives in two, except for maybe eight, depending on how far up the hill the ball climbs. Hmm. But if you're starting off it at, at you know, uh, four under or better because you expect the guys ever to, to birdie guys with that length to birdie all four of the uh, par fives and 16, depending on, on where the pin is, can be a birdie hole. It just if, – if these guys are comfortable firing at pins and the wind isn't in their way, 63 is a real possibility. All right. No, you've said enough. What am I going to do? I'm not going to disregard your advice. That's that's good. You've thought about this. Now, you bring up Rory. He's favored to win this thing. Uh, eight to one odds. DJ, 11 to one. I'll just read the top five or six. Justin Rose, uh, 15 to one. Everybody seems to love Rose. Fowler, 15. Spieth, who's been struggling, 16. Tiger, 16. And I'll say uh, Kepka 20. And uh, Molinari and Rom and JT are also 20. Now, Rory's favored. Finally, he deserves to be favored. Do you agree? Oh, my God. Nobody's played better golf than Rory McIlroy in calendar year 2019. Mm -hmm. He hasn't finished outside of the top six. <laughs> and he also put to rest a, uh, a a sort of clamor. There was a murmur about his ability to close out a tournament. He went to the Players' Championship, which is allegedly the best field in all of golf. Won it, I mean, yeah. I say that uh, somewhat dismissively. It is a, <laughs> it's an incredible field. It's the deepest field uh, in, in, in competitive golf. And he, uh, uh, you know, they, they try and call it the fifth major. I don't go for any of that. But it is a terrific test, and winning that tournament means something, and adding a, that win to your resume means something and he went out there and you know by golly down the back stretch of the back nine um you know put it out there and and just drove the thing home he was he put himself in a position through the course of the week to be uh in or, or near the lead he there was a slight uh hiccup saturday he shot under par but but john rom shot 64 so rom was the leader and rory was not in the final group that maybe that was helpful maybe it wasn't but he yeah. had a bogey on number 14 at TPC Sawgrass and immediately came back and birdied 15 and 16, got the par that he needed on 17, and then had a birdie putt, a very reasonable birdie putt on 18 um, that, that you know, just went by and had no problem brushing it in, clinched the victory. So Rory McIlroy is at the top of all of his powers. He has by far uh, a, a, an outstanding record not only he's up there with uh justin spieth and justin rose jordan spieth mm, justin yeah. spieth come on too much <laughs> too many justins in here it's like jordan spieth and uh, uh, over the past four years rory is at the tops in terms of a whole bunch of advanced metrics so right. it's really hard to go against him um he's the only player to finish in the top 10 in each of the last five masters Mm -hmm. uh, he's attempting to complete the Grand Slam here. I mean, it's just a, a, a you know over the 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 last four years, Rory um, has been at the tops in terms of comparing him to other competitors in the tee to green metric. He's he's uh, you know a couple strokes over two strokes better than everybody else mm -hmm. um, over that period. And you know he he is uh, the only knock on him. The only concern is the scar tissue. Of you know him being there on Sunday in the lead or near the lead in the final group, and not being able to to bring it home. So, 
it's hard to go against Rory under these circumstances. I hate the odds. I won't touch him at eight to one. What right. I'm personally rooting for is that he comes out slightly mediocre uh, Thursday and Friday, and is a, starts to creep up a little bit in odds and be available. I'm hoping like six or eight guys climb over him as we enter Saturday, and he's available at closer to like eighteen to or to twenty two to one, and then I'm all over it. I'm slamming it. I'm I'm gonna. You know, I'm, Mrs. House doesn't know where the mortgage is going to come from <laughs> because it's going on Rory McIlroy to win this golf. By the tournament. way, didn't you do this a few weeks ago? I think you did this with the players, right? Didn't you live bet Rory? Like I got to get, I have to get a winner, and you, uh, and you hit it, right? As as a matter of fact, and it really saved my ass because I sent you a big menu card with a, right. with a whole bunch of losers, a whole bunch of speculation <laughs> and losers. I was staring at a four digit loss. And I live bet Rory on Saturday morning, and I'll be gosh darn it if he didn't carry it through for me. That's what's great. You really can monitor things and temper your losses, and, and, and it's terrific. So, okay, so Rory, so I don't know how you want to do this first. I'd like one long shot from you, one medium range, and one favorite. Do you want to give me the, the favorite, the top-tier player first, or do you want to give me the long shot? I'll, I'll talk a little bit about long shot, and, and for the purposes of this conversation, I'm not giving up this guy's name because I think he can win. What I think he represents, though, is an interesting play for a top 20 kind of play Mm -hmm. and, you know, an interesting guy to include in, you know, my my traditional ridiculous six-way or eight-way make-the-cut parlay. Right. I'm including this guy. I'm going to play him in the top 20, and I'm going to play him in the the make-the-cut. This gentleman's name is Corey Connors. I see that. He's the last person to qualify for the tournament, he qualified for the Masters by winning in uh, in in San Antonio, Texas, this past weekend. He uh, qualified for the tournament for the for the tournament in San Antonio last Monday. So he wasn't in the field. He wow. had to go play very well on Monday. He won the Monday qualifier. He got the spot. He play he he played beautifully. Shot twenty under at a golf course that's notorious for being really hard, the TPC out there in San Antonio. And he is off the charts in a particular metric that is really important for this, uh, for sizing up uh, potential good play at Augusta National. And that is the the so-called strokes gained approach, which mm-hmm. basically means uh, the, a guy that's hit the ball off the tee, his second shot into the green, how good is he at that? The strokes gained approach is the measure of that, and he is top of the charts in that uh, category, and it really um, drove him a long way to that victory in San Antonio. I love him at 6-1 to one odds as a top 20 play. I will be playing Corey Connors as a, as a top 20 play at 6-1 to one odds this okay. week. Okay, I like that. So you're saying Corey Connors, he was like the C.J. Anderson of this uh, Masters field. He was working at Claim that, Jumper. That, Two weeks ago, uh, lit it, it up, and now he's in. Now he's amongst the bigs. All right, there okay. You, go. you got it. There's your long shot. Uh, you want you want a medium range, or you want to? However, you want to handle this. So I have a, I have a couple names in kind of the uh, what I'll call medium range. I like Xander Shoffley. Mm-hmm. Now he uh, is another guy who has nice uh, measures on these advanced analytics, the strokes gained approach and a couple of other meaningful metrics here. He uh, had his first appearance at the Masters last year. He made the cut but finished tied for 50. But this, this, this young fella has seven career major starts. He's, he's uh, started seven majors. 
He has three top six finishes among those uh, majors. Mm. He also has likes to win big, prominent tournaments. He won the Tour Championship, the season-ending event where there's only 30 players. They play it at East Lake in uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. He won that thing a couple years ago. He right. has a WGC victory. He won uh, in Asia this past fall, and then he followed that up by going into Hawaii, another limited field uh, kind of event, and, and it's the so-called Tournament of Champions that kicks off the golf season. He won that thing by shooting a near-course record 64 uh, on Sunday and just huh. went out and grabbed the tournament away from Rory McIlroy. He's available right now at 40-1. to 1. I'm going to play him in a couple of top 20 and top 10 plays. I like him at that that number. It feels like a little bit of, of value. He's like 2 or 3-1 to one for a top 20 or something like that? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll pull it up uh, right That's all right. right That's now. all right. I'll get it. That's okay. Okay, okay. Go yeah. ahead. Keep going. I'll, fi- I'll find that uh, for I, you. At the 30 to 1, well, I, I have one more. Uh, let, let me let me pull up. You can, you can hear me shuffling paper over here. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, I, have, uh, I have another guy. Let me let me pull up the number, the current number available on, on this gentleman right here. Patrick Cantlay is available at 70 to one to win the tournament. Now, again, I'm not saying that Patrick Cantlay is going to go out and win the Masters this week, mm-hmm. but he fits a lot of important uh, characteristics, important traits. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that matters is you have to be inside the top 25 of the official world golf rankings. 23 of the last 25 winners of this tournament have been inside the top 25. So he's top 20. Greens in regulation. He has two top tens in WGC events. I think the thing that we're trying to see with Patrick Cantlay is getting used to to uh, playing better on a big stage. There is a correlation that that we've seen out here between uh, performers at Augusta National and performers at Riviera out in your backyard mm-hmm. there in Los Angeles at the Genesis Open. Cantlay has a nice track record there. I like that correlation. He is. He comes to Augusta with top 15 finishes in six of his past eight starts. He's top 10 in the field at driving distance, and he has a positive approach numbers. I like Patrick Cantlay at that 70 to one number. All right, and Cantlay. I just looked up Cantlay and and shoot. What did you say? Shoffley. How do you say it? Shoffley. Shoffley. Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley. They're both about plus 150 for top top 20. So okay, there's oh, good money plus there. Plus odds. We like plus odds. There you go. So there you go. There, there's the, like those are the longer shot kind of guys. And again, right. I, I, if you're, you, this is just if you're building a DFS lineup, mm-hmm. if you're looking to fill out a make the cut parlay, right. if you're looking to uh, uh, get a top twenty in, go mm-hmm. ahead and, and and do those guys. All right. In terms of guys that I think are capable of actually winning the golf tournament, mm-hmm. I like uh, three guys um, in in a class of of sort of twenty to one to thirty to one. One guy I like at 30 to 1 right this second is is Mr. Paul Casey. Mr. Paul Casey has oh. finished 15th or better each of the last 4 years at Augusta National. In that span, he ranks in the top 6 amongst all players in the fields. He's in the top 6 in his score re- relative to par, in birdies made, in one putts, in greens hit and regulation, in strokes gained. T to green. Those are a lot of categories 
that he's experiencing success. Mm-hmm. I love fishing top 15 or better. He just won down in Tampa, and the knock on him was his ability to carry home as a front runner, as a leader of a tournament. Can he get across the goal line? He just did it. He fits kind of the age range of, of what we like. We like mature player to win the Masters. We like players that have been out for a little while. Paul Casey at 30 to 1. That's some some decent value right All right. There. I like that. That's minus 120 for top 20. So we're still around that even mark if you that that's a really good one to round up a top 20 parlay if you want to put him with the real heavy hitters. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. The other guy that I like in this range uh and and he's let me see here what his numbers. Exactly 35 to 1 right now. Mm-hmm. Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah. We haven't heard a lot from him. He got hurt and kind of dropped off the stage and out of our consciousness for a little while. But Hideki has a very good record at Augusta National. He's currently ranked 26th in the world, so he's he's in the range in terms of the official world golf rankings where he needs to be. He has four straight top 20 finishes at Augusta National. His final round scoring is terrific. Over the last four years, on Sunday, he has shot 66. That's hot. 73, not so hot. 67, <laughs> that's hot. 69, that's hot, as you know. Yeah. Uh, only one missed cut in seven starts for Hideki. He's kind of operating under the radar because he dropped off the scene a little bit. I love Hideki Matsuyama at 35 to 1. I loved him last year. He had he suffered through like a wrist injury, right? Last year. Was that it? I, yes, I remember having him in some exactly kind of right. some kind of uh some kind of pull or something. Uh fun fact about Matsuyama, Darren Ravel of Action Network came on uh locking in today, told us about this gentleman who has a parlay. This is a crazy parlay. This is how this is like a, a Harry-esque parlay. Kyler Murray, so he did this back in like November. Kyler Murray to win the Heisman Trophy, um, the Rams to win the NFC, and Hideki Matsuyama to win the Masters, and it pays like 3500 to one. So there's a guy out there who's, no matter what, rooting for this more than you in Matsuyama. I think he had $5 <laughs> on I think it's like $175,000 or something crazy. So that's fun. That's pretty good. Yeah, for not a five bad. five-buck outlay, I like that. Why not? Why not? So let's just talk about winners. I mean, I, I, there, there is a stat out there. Let me make sure I get it, get it right. So it, it's, it's the case that um, the uh, guys favored at under twenty to one don't tend to win this thing since two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Only three of the thirteen winners, winners cousin Sal, wow, ha, have teed off at under twenty to one odds. And Phil Mickelson was one of those guys. He did it twice in 2006 and 2010, and then Jordan Spieth was the other outlier. So mm-hmm. the last three guys to win, for sure, not inside of tw- uh, 20 to 1. Sure. And only three of the last 13 winners of the Masters teed off at under 20 to 1 odds. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. So you may have given us the winner already. I know you're going to dip into the to the lower odds, but this is uh, this is astounding to me. With you- that as my barometer, what yeah. I'm looking for, I, <laughs> I like two guys at 20 to 1. Okay. Guy number one. John Rahm. John Rahm last year shot 11 under on the par fives. That mm-hmm. was also his, his final score. He shot 11 under for the tournament. He finished fourth in his second appearance there. He has uh, a positive rating in four key stroke gain categories. He's uh, plus on off the tee. He's plus on approach. He's plus on around the green. He's plus at putting, 
Uh-huh. He is that this makes him like one of five players that fit that kind of demographic. And there is kind of this villain narrative because he's a little bit uh, of, of a hothead. But uh, we we like the idea that maybe he learned something at the Players' Championship when he was in the lead and his caddy gave him some advice about a layup play and he went against that advice and hit the ball into the water mm. uh, and, and promptly fell out of contention. The important thing with the Masters is that you learn from your experiences, you be strategic about it. Maybe that experience that the players will will would build bid well for him. We like John Rahm currently available at twenty to one to win the two thousand nineteen Masters. Okay, so one I, other guy. Wait, let me let Go me ahead. just interrupt you because I have Rahm on my list. I only have three golfers, and he's one of them. I love it. Like you said, fourteen under after three rounds last year. Ended up fourth, six top ten finishes and nine starts. Best European is six to. I, I think he's going to be the best uh, Earth resident, but best European pays <laughs> six to one odds. I'm looking at that for. Um, uh, are there any Europeans in this thing anymore? No, I, I'm thinking European is that's a good number for six to one. But yes, twenty to one for sure. Okay, you may proceed. Yeah, we. Lo- well, I, I like that European thing. That's that's also a nice way of uh, sh- shrinking it down. He has to beat Rose and 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 Rory, but yeah. you know, mm-hmm. if, if we're playing him at twenty to one, we think he can do it. Sure. The other guy that I like that's slightly off the radar, under the radar, Justin Thomas. Uh, it comes in currently ranked in the top five in strokes gained approach, the most important metric at the Masters that that we've determined, as well as strokes gained. T to green. He doesn't have a top 10 finish in any of his uh, three previous Masters appearances, uh-huh. but that's not necessarily a disqualifying factor. The last three Masters winners, uh, Danny Willett, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed, those guys played in 23 Masters before they uh, combined 23 Masters before they broke through. Only three top ten finishes, so hmm. you don't necessarily have to have an awesome performance at Augusta National to jump all the way up and 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 get that W. I feel like Justin Thomas at twenty to one. He's played very well. He kind of uh, limped to the stretch at Riviera. Those were long days. He, it was his tournament to win, and he kind of limped in. JB Holmes came up and took it from him. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, these metrics are, are are very strong, and I like Justin Thomas at twenty to one for this week. All right, I like it. Can I ask you about a couple myself? Oh, please do. Also, another twenty to one. Brooks Kepka. Now he lost weight. I think he lost like fifteen pounds. May have taken like ten or twelve yards off his uh, off his stroke. It's happened to all of us. But he is a, a monster in these majors. You know this. He's won two of the last three. He's won three of the last six. Uh, I think he was like tied for second in the Honda Classic recently. What do, what don't we like about Brooks Kepka at twenty to one? He didn't eat a cheeseburger for four months. <laughs> I can't trust any man that 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 went on a he went on the eighteen hundred calorie a day diet starting in November for a reason that I haven't yet heard a rational explanation for. Yeah, I, I just I, his uh, performance at the players was off-putting and concerning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he followed that up with a, a missed cut recently. I just don't like where he's at one bit. I am recommending a fade of Brooks Kepka this week. By the way, as you made your uh, cheeseburger joke, I realized a month ago I 
avoided betting, Kepkin. I just forgot about this. I don't know why. After he claimed that he won't eat steak in America anymore. So that that should yeah, that should disqualify him. He shouldn't be allowed to golf. Yeah, enough. Enough, Brooks Fade. Kepka. And again, yes, no explanation logically. All right, how about this? This is a long, long shot. But Charlie Hoffman, uh, 42 years old, he led in 2017 after one round. Here are his finishes, 27-9, 29-22, 12. He sticks around, House, you know? He was second at Valero last week. What Do we like Charlie Hoffman? Of course we like Charlie Hoffman. We don't think he's going to win the golf tournament. That's true. Because he's not going to win the golf tournament. But he's a wonderful pick for a uh, first-round leader. Okay. I mean, the, the 65 that he shot a couple years ago, when the rest of the field, the next best, next best score was a 69, that mm-hmm. is getting the job done. That shows a guy who, who is comfortable getting around uh, uh, Augusta National. I like uh, Charlie Hoffman. Quite a bit. I think, you know, uh, the odds right now I saw were 100 to 1. But, you know, he, he came out on fire after he opened up in, in, in uh, Texas last week with a 71 and then 68, 64, 67. Mm-hmm. We like that a lot. Now, his form at Augusta, look at this. The last four years, 12th, 22nd, yeah. 29th, 9th. That yeah. is that's that's I like Charlie Hoffman. Pretty good. I mean, I liked it when I read those numbers to you uh, 35 seconds ago, but I liked it again just now. That was good. Repeated. <laughs> no, it's uh, repeated. No, it's uh, <laughs> plus 250 for top 20. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's a nice spot for a guy like Charlie Hoffman. All right, we can't not talk about Tiger. Now I kind of feel this way about him, like I always do. It's like plus 350 to win a major. I think that's overvalued. There are not eight or nine majors, right? There's only four as far as I know. Um, Last time I heard. He's 16 to one. He hasn't won in 14 years. He hasn't really contended in eight. He's having trouble getting inside the top 10. Is there any other value other than you saying, oh, I had money on my favorite player, Tiger Woods, to bet Tiger Woods? The answer is no right okay there's no Good. value whatsoever <laughs> in tiger woods i will say if you're a tiger truther like i am i had a guest the show's going up tomorrow justin ray from the 15th club he's previously the data and analytics guy at the golf channel the past five years he really okay. helped them build out that that uh facility that capacity and uh he made the point that tiger right this second is a almost identical to where he was this time last year mm-hmm. and this public sentiment last year was so much more uh, uh enthusiastic oh really because he had he th- well he threatened to win uh in Tampa like he, he no he was down the stretch mm-hmm. you know p- as a potential winner I like what he's done this year right now he has 21 rounds under his belt this time last year he, he only had 18 rounds under his belt. And I thought his performance at the match play at a venue he'd never played at before, going head-to-head with Rory McIlroy and just basically, you know, beating him down, that was a bad thing for Rory coming Mm -hmm. into Augusta and a great thing for Tiger coming into Augusta. I don't think Tiger Woods can win at this version of Augusta National. I think okay. the golf course is too hard now for him. So I like so one one last thing. So one of the props I love is is Rose over Tiger, and it's it's dead even. It's you get even money on that. Yeah, but I think you lose on a tie. Yeah. I think a tie is a loss, but you get even money on it. Mrs. What do you think? House might find the mortgage money missing tonight. <laughs> 
No, I mean, don't don't I, drag I into. She's, she's a lovely lady, but yeah, so let's let's uh, let's try to win. God, all right. So let me recap. These are houses long shots. Corey Connors two hundred to one. Xander Schauffele right forty to one. Yes. Patrick Cantley yes. seventy to one. Then you like the mid rangers of Paul Casey thirty to one. Matsuyama right there. Uh, and then John Rahm and JT Justin Thomas right at twenty to one. With those the caveat. Are my, those are the- the, with you the caveat it. that three of 13, three of the last 13 that have won the Masters have been 20 to 1 odds or lower, right? That's, That's amazing. It. That's I use that as my guidepost. I like it. House, thanks for coming on. God bless you. Uh, go James Harden over 35 and a half tonight. We have money on that. Trying to put a little kitty together for Masters bets. And uh, great, good job by you as always. Thank you very much. Go go, James Harden over 35 and a half and go Rockets minus two. <laughs> Let's do it, buddy. <laughs> Enjoy the Masters. All right. Thanks, pal. All right. Good times. All right. House is pumped. I like his picks. And that'll do it for episode 101 of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Watch Locking In Monday through Friday, 430 to 530 Eastern on FS1. Jimmy Kimmel Live, 1135 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that. For the degenerate trifecta, Master Tate Frazier and Joe House, I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping.